Alright, so today we're continuing the discussion of um, the Sotapanna stage or moving to it. Here's the link. It's from the Pure Dhamma page, Four Conditions for Attaining Sotapanna Magapala. Maga means path, pala means fruit. And <clears throat> we ended um, at point six down the page. I want to do a very brief summary uh, in uh, of the previous points, because this is getting very complex. Uh, it seems that he has a lot of training in Abhidhamma, which is the high-level analysis of Buddhist texts that is not what the Buddha said, but commentary and, and deep analysis, which has been ongoing for centuries, of the Pali texts and uh, Pali suttas of Gautama and um, the primary teachings. So uh, there's a lot of Pali on this page, Pali language, uh, a lot of specificity, um, but some really excellent teachings uh, regarding the way to this first awakening in Buddhism, Sotapanna, which means stream entry. And in point one, there's the discussion of the four requirements to get to this awakening. And again, uh, the way I'm seeing it now is that Sotapanna is um, represents a a pranic breakthrough uh, in terms of um, energy linkage between root and crown chakra like a enlightenment experience uh, in Japanese is called Kensho like uh, Satori being awakening and Kensho is the momentary breakthrough uh, because uh, there is a critical uh, transformation in the Evolution, evolutionary path of a mind-body-spirit complex with this type of contact with intelligent infinity, which is what Ra talked about as, you know, moments of bliss, uh, experience of unity, experience of the law of one. The law of one is not exactly a law in the human sense. In fact, even that term, law of one, is um, very um, vulnerable to misinterpretation because of the word law. It also could be called way, and Ra had said that, way of one. Very, very different, right? Way is the word Tao in Chinese. So Tao Te Ching is the way and its power, or uh, the virtue of the power of the way. Uh, Tao De, the De is important, and Ching is classic, so Tao De, Tao De Ching, means the way the the way and its power the is power or or um, kind of spiritual potency um, so even that <coughs> they're, they're mistranslations all up and down the, the centuries so uh, to say the law of one <coughs> gives us a sense that <coughs> it's some kind of a proclamation and you're either in accord or not, that's not quite so. Um, likewise, contact with intelligent infinity, where there's an experience of unity, uh, may or may not be, obviously, in a Buddhist context, meaning with the views in mind of the person, um, seeking awakening from a deep study of Buddhism. And in point one, 
the four requirements that leads to Sotapanna, which is a metaphysical, a pivotal metaphysical transformation in the life of a being, because Gautama said, to remind you, uh, one who achieves Sotapanna will achieve complete and perfect awakening in less than seven, in seven lifetimes or less. Inevitably. For sure. And that means out of the 31 planes, meaning out of the octave. Now that doesn't mean that they won't reincarnate in sixth density for a few billion years, but um, it's certainly a very major and important achievement. What are the four requirements? Well, summarizing, uh, we've got listening to Dhamma teaching, um, particularly from those who have achieved awakening uh, Satipana or beyond. And then, uh, two is association with Kalyanamitra, meaning spiritual friend or noble friend, which really means uh, awakened people. So you see, um, and we'll get to this quote that, that um, we've talked about before casually, as people casually talk about it, the interaction between Buddha, Gautama, and Ananda, chief, uh, is his attendant, not chief disciple, but attendant, where Atan Ananda asks him, so can it be said that association with spiritual friends, Kalyanamitra, is half the spiritual path, or is half of the way, or what's necessary? Gautama said, no, it's the whole of the spiritual path. That's a terrible translation of actually what really was said or written in the, in the suttas, and so we'll get to that later. So <laughs> I always had a problem with that view uh, association with spiritual friends is 100% or, or the whole of the spiritual path. That sounds right, but it, it um, again, is um, uh, born partly of mistranslation. And we'll see deeper down the page um, what it seems that really meant. But certainly association with people who've had achievement um, is really important for making achievement. Now, when we get to the third, so the third requirement is to act with Yoniso Manasikara, and we'll see what that is. It's basically in accord with the teaching of the three marks, or in accord with the reality of our mind and phenomena. Not um, holding on to distorted false beliefs. Now, it doesn't mean that all wrong beliefs are shed, or one needs to be free of all wrong belief of anything or what reality is before achieving Satipana. But certainly, living in accord with the reality of these teachings of the three marks, um, it, it, it actually sets the mind to understand the contact with intelligent infinity in a way that sets us um, surely to complete and perfect awakening in a certain way that um, contact with intelligent infinity without this Buddhist perspective, and this is the heart of the Buddhist perspective, is this third requirement um, action or life in conformity with the um, basic and original teaching of the three marks. That's what sets this, uh, you know, the potential or, or the contact with intelligent infinity into the Buddhist framework. That's what it means, quote, in a Buddhist framework, as I've been saying. 
it means in accord with this root teaching, which is, you know, comes with the first noble truth, the truth of suffering, but the three marks, um, the, the first noble truth really includes a teaching, uh, so Dukkha Sacha, the truth of Dukkha, the first noble truth, uh, Dukkha being one of the three marks, the teaching on the three marks is critical to understanding the first noble truth. And that is the Buddhist framework that is the context of mind in which um, what you know in which um, the contact with intelligent infinity here <clears throat> understood as sotapanna breakthrough occurs and that's critical and the fourth is dhammanu dhamma patipada or following the noble path which really actually means uh, moral moral living <laughs> and so some people have uh, drug experiences that seem to be like a contact with intelligent infinity, yeah, um, and come out of the drug experience back to immoral living. Immoral living really means harming self and other, or lying, cheating, stealing, uh, sexual harming, alcohol or intoxicants harming, killing, physical wounding, you know, bad behavior. And so you, you can't really uh, get to awakening uh, committed to you know uh, unvirtuous activity, you can't get to sotapanna um, without understanding the Buddhist path or the Buddhist diagnosis of our problem, which is the first noble truth, and the way, uh, which is the fourth noble truth, meaning the way to freedom from it. So, um, the Buddhist context is essential for this for Sotapanna, knowing the Buddhist context, which includes uh, association with those who have awakened, uh, listening to Dhamma or true teaching like you might be listening now to whatever extent this is a Dhamma discourse uh, but and study uh, solitary study like reading is a portion of that but not the same and then basically acting or living in accord with the view of reality associated with the first noble truth, the truth of Dukkha, which is actually a teaching on the three marks. <laughs> so it gets complicated, but actually um, it's very um, reasonable. <laughs> now, uh, point two, he made the comment uh, that Gautama said, quote, my Dhamma has not been known, has not been known to the world. <clears throat> and that's very, very true. And I've said this before, that it really seems to me very, very few people understand what Buddhism is all about. And there are many traditions, right? There's uh, Theravada, Mahayana, Vajrayana, so um, different practices, different, um, very different teachings. And now today things are getting kind of watered down, too. And uh, there's a lot of... Um, modification of teachings to suit uh, cultural preferences. This is not a good idea, but uh, most people do that, and that's why I'm here alone in my room talking this way rather than uh, widely teaching uh, public publicly because the public doesn't want it. The public, I mean, some public wants it. The monks may want a true teaching to whatever extent I can do a true teaching, uh, but most people don't want it. They want affirmation of their personal preferences. So, this is the difference between uh, 
thinking true truly or seeing truly and thinking or seeing preference meaning I interpret things the way it I believe they ought to be accord with with reinforcing my my beliefs that I already have that's thinking in preference thinking comfort thinking preference um, interpreting in accord with my um, my desire to continue affirming what I feel good to continue believing rather than seeing and interpreting as is which is quite transpersonal and may or may not accord with my preferences or my current beliefs very different and so Dhamma has not been known to the world means um, the teachings of, of Buddhism are not are, are in essential, fundamental, critical ways not the same as any other tradition, including Hinduism, although there's much in, shared in common. Um, it, in critical ways, it's different. And in critical ways, it's different than Christianity or Judaism or Islam and indigenous traditions. And, you know, do what you like. You can throw it away and you can accept it. But critically, in critical ways, it is different. And most people don't want to bend their minds to what it is because it really is um, puts a, a huge responsibility on us to live morally <laughs> and to uh, repeatedly uh, see how the mind makes trouble for itself and even cuts away um, conceit just like the eighth fetter is conceit broken but um, the kind of self-cherishing that is um, persists in most every religion and every spiritual group. Lots of self-congratulation. Lots of very subtle narcissism. Spiritual materialism. Trungpa talked about that. Is um, uh, easily persists in all religions and less easily persists or lives in Buddhism. True Buddhism cuts uh, self-cherishing and self-cherishing is a big deal uh, because people you know find essential comfort in selfhood fashioned identity it's a very big deal right so I mean we're not just talking about turn the other cheek and be a nice person um, I have a nice big butterfly right near my window now <laughs> um, it's not it's really dissimilar from other religions. And that's a very big deal. <laughs> and so, uh, Satipana <clears throat> um, seems akin to contact with intelligent infinity, yes. But the um, context of one's mind and views and beliefs and values uh, within which it occurs is really Buddhist. And that's distinct from what Ra talked about as contact the gecko agrees too <clears throat> Very dis it's quite distinct from Ra's teaching on contact with intelligent infinity so there is uh, there, the more I know the more I learn Buddhism the more I see it's special and uh, we can say everybody's special but actually um, what's special here is that it's a path to the summit of the mountain there are lots of paths, uh, lots of paths up the mountain, but they don't go. They don't all go all the way, and that's another point. And um, 
it just doesn't matter what other people think. <laughs> You've got to figure out things for yourself. Uh, if you just follow the crowd, take the crowd as your teacher, you'll just stay in the uh, lowlands. So, <clears throat> uh, down the page, in point number four, uh, we see Gautama, the first sub-point there, the Buddha also said that if one really comprehends the first noble truth, which is dukkha sacha, the truth of suffering or the truth of dukkha, <clears throat> which means a lot more than suffering, then one will automatically comprehend the other three, other three noble truths, such as the cause of suffering, which is really where we get, I guess, into the three marks. Uh, but you really can't understand the truth of suffering or the truth of dukkha, let's say stress, the truth of stress, the first noble truth, without knowing the second noble truth, which is its cause. And you can say it's desire, um, but it's desire and attachment, grasping, aversion, ignorance, that takes place in the context of the reality, phenomenological reality of the three marks, meaning phenomena are impermanent, insubstantial, and stressful. In their, They're stressful in the fact that they're impermanent and insubstantial. And the mind is also in accord with the three marks because mind process also is impermanent and insubstantial and thereby stressful. So phenomena, phenomena and the consciousness of the being that experiences or fashions its interpretation of phenomena both are in accord with the three marks, insubstantial, in impermanent, and therefore stressful or difficult for the being to experience it, that's the cause or the root ultimately of the first noble truth, the truth of stress or dukkha, they go together. And that is the Buddhist context of mind, the Buddhist framework, <clears throat> the Buddhist view that a Sotapani has. And that's the difference between Buddhist, you know, this uh, awakening to reality and uh, awakening to reality contact with intelligent infinity in a non-Buddhist context or for one who doesn't appreciate Buddhism and doesn't know these teachings. And now, uh, further down, uh, number five, where we ended, he says... Uh, since the Buddha's message is unique, yes, the Buddha Dhamma is unique in those teachings, particularly uh, the, four, the Four Noble Truths, and particularly the first and second. The true message has to come from a Buddha or someone who can be traced back to the Buddha, and this is where we're going to understand Kalyanamicca and this requirement or um, support for Satipana awakening being association with Buddhists. <laughs> with people who understand what Sotapanna is. It's not just spiritually minded good people. That's good. But that's not the same as the basis of Sotapanna. So it's good to have spiritually minded, virtuous, kindly, sincere, spiritually seeking friends. Yeah, of course it's good. It's great. Uh, but they may or may not have a Buddhist perspective. And Buddhism is not really saying, um, you can say this is, you know, arrogance, right? Uh, you can only have Sotapanna if you're what? In association with Buddhist teachers and students who are somewhat awakened? Well, um, that may just be true. 
um, and everybody is free to happily do whatever they like. Um, but uh, this, uh, the importance of lineage, or the importance of um, this view, <laughs> the Buddhist view, which is Buddha Dhamma or the teaching, particularly the Four Noble Truths teaching. Um, you ought to test out for yourself. Nobody really can um, convince another um, that this way goes all the way up to the summit or leads one out of the octave or out of the 31 plane, seven dimensions. No one can convince you. you got to see it for yourself. For me, I'm convinced, or I have no doubt. But um, one has to see that for oneself. So the new material starts at point six. And <clears throat> just a moment here. Number six, the Buddha can be compared to a great tree standing tall and firm. All other humans can be compared to climbers that need a tree to climb up. Such climbers do not have strong enough stems, so they cannot stand erect on their own. They need the support of another plant or a stick to stand, meaning creeping, creeping up and climbing up the uh, trunk. Those plants are called climbers. We are climbers or seekers. Climbers have tendrils to hold the supporting plant or stick or branch or trunk. Following are some examples. Hey, hey, grapevine, a pea, and a money plant. Okay. So we're seeing climbers or clinging vine type plants. He goes on. Let us think of a forest where there are numerous climbers, but only one tree, and no other supports such as sticks. No other supports such as sticks. The only way for a climber to climb up, and thus not destined to its demise or die on the ground, is to get hold of that tree. Of course, that's Gautama. Only those climbers that are close to the tree can get hold of it and climb, or, uh, you know, weave, wind their way up the trunk. But now others can get hold of them and climb too. Thus, as more and more climbers start climbing, the access area grows. He's a scientist. Meaning, <clears throat> the more people that have found uh, Buddha Dhamma or a true spiritual teaching that goes all the way to the end of the octave. I mean, everything's fine. But if you, you know, and, and there's a reasonable point. I mean, what, what's the big deal about getting out of the octave? Or, you know, <laughs> the, the Logos, everybody's talking today. Uh, the Logos, you know, established this logo, uh, this octave for experience. Um, why should we be in a hurry to leave it? Well, uh, a Buddhist may say, well, it's all dukkha and nichanata, or it's all nichanata and therefore dukkha. Um, that may be so, but there is uh, increasing sukha or happiness too on the path or in higher dimensions. And so, you know, one argument against Buddhism is, um, what's the hurry? Or, um, yes, it's okay. Life has joy and sorrow. Sure. What's your problem? You don't. You can't handle that. <laughs> of course, jerky, jerky nihilists talk that way too. But <clears throat> uh, this teaching is really for people who are close to the end of the line, as far as I can tell. The the arahants at the time of Gautama, which seemed to be in the thousands. I mean, I don't know if that's really true, but there the scriptures talk about lots, thousands of awakened arahants at the time of Gautama. I don't know if there really were, but <clears throat> there certainly were a lot more than around today. 
this is teaching this is a teaching that simply won't appeal to many just like the raw material and it only appeals to those who are resonant with the um, development of consciousness from its origin it's an or it's a resonance between that great tree the tree of life Gautama as the tree of life in the center of the forest and those little climbers like us or or other uh, potential mighty trees uh, who are seeking um, a true way to total transformation to total transformation and release and that doesn't even mean that we can't enjoy um, lots of sukkah here and there but um, inevitably this teaching is not going to appeal to many <laughs> uh, but the idea is that the more people find this teaching and follow this teaching the more people can help themselves by finding those people the people who found the teaching and that's the growing access area so he goes on therefore if we can find a climber that is climbing up we can always trace it back to the original tree uh, meaning uh, if you find um, Buddhist practitioners particularly teachers uh, and communities with those teachers <clears throat> um, where the teacher has achieved Satipana and beyond uh, you will get uh, you will have a taproot uh, directly or indirectly uh, back to Gautama himself and um, the heart of the teaching um, as spoken by those who've achieved Sotapanna and beyond. He goes on, in the, in the same way, an Arya, or noble person, meaning one of the four stages of awakening. So the noble is not, uh, you know, in a palace. <laughs> the noble is the one who's made metaphysical transformation uh, of mind-body-spirit complex, of the seven-dimensional self-apparent selfhood, the vehicle of God in creation who's made uh, one or more of these metaphysical transformation breakthroughs. That's a noble person. I think that's very true. In the same way, an Arya or noble person can always be traced back in lineage to the Buddha. Because the message is unique, it has to come from the Buddha himself or someone who can be traced back to the Buddha. One cannot attain even the Satipana stage without hearing the true message. If one has attained it, then he, she knows the message. Someone aspiring to become an Arya or, you know, seeking Sotapanna must, he writes, must hear the message from another Arya. So you must <laughs> get the teachings from somebody who's achieved Sotapanna or beyond. And there is some truth to that, I guess, or it seems quite reasonable. Um, there are lots of people today teaching Buddhism who have, don't have Sotapanna. There are lots of Buddhist teachers who don't even know what it is. There are a lot of Buddhist teachers who don't even, could not even speak comfortably about Sotapanna. How about that? That's cute, right? So that's why it's called Decline of the Dharma, which I wrote a song about in college, The Decline of the Dharma. Uh, my other song, famous, favorite, famous, of course, was called Flaming Buddhist Monks, about Buddhist self-immolation. <clears throat> and so uh, I was already uh, on the ball, or on some ball, uh, at 18, but <laughs> so yes, my two famous songs from college Decline of the Dharma and Flaming Buddhist Monks. Uh, okay, but um, 
there is you you can't understand about Sotapanna unless the teacher has understood or has achieved it, and that's the end of that. And so you can't understand the nature of um, the law of one or the way of one or contact with intelligent infinity from a perspective, a uh, seven-dimensional perspective, uh, unless you read the raw material. You know, I mean, you got to go to a source to find what that source is offering. But you've got to find a source that knows the original teaching in Buddhism to achieve the four breakthroughs uh, that are uh, taught <laughs> by original Buddhism. Uh, so the message is unique means, yes, there is a critical um, singularity or special feature to Buddhism that is distinct from other religions. I mean, you can say every religion has its own unique quality. Yes, indeed. The question is, does that unique teaching of each tradition um, truly support total transformation, freedom, and release from suffering, from rebirth, from confusion? Does it or doesn't it? So, see for yourself. Number seven, he goes on now, we can see the logic of the first two conditions, meaning um, learning Dhamma um, and he writes, one has to learn Dhamma, the correct version, and thus it has to come from an Arya or noble person. The first two conditions are listening to Dhamma discourses, um, not just reading, although, you know, th this, there, I'm sure there are some people who have some kind of awakening uh, by reading, frankly, because there's other form of listening. You can listen to a higher dimensional inspiration in your mind by the way. You can listen to non-human teachers, of course. So, listen to non-human teachers means uh, receiving telepathic, re you know, telepathic reception. So, uh, a person who's on the edge of Sotapanna, who has the karmic basis for it, and is reading something from, you know, a true Dhamma source, um, not watered-down, um, modern, f newfangled version, uh, and um, has the karmic basis for connection to fifth and sixth density teachers, um, may well hear it in mind while they're reading it. <laughs> and that could be the basis for Satipana. But, so he's taught, anyway, these two bases for Satipana awakening, listening to Dhamma and also reading, so study and listening and then association with noble friend. And that is where we're going to kind of um, expand a bit. So the, f the logic of the first two conditions, point seven, one has to learn Dhamma, the correct version, but of course every version, everybody says they're doing the correct version. Every Buddhist thinks that they know what they're saying. And thus it has to come from an Arya noble person, meaning somebody who has achieved Sotapanna or, or beyond. And he explains this now and you'll see much more in number eight. The phrase Kalyanamitra is actually Sanskrit. In Pali, it is Kalanamita, or Mita, for a friend who helps to remove defilements. Kala is dirty or blackish, dirty water. Na is removing. Kala, Na, Kalana, or Kalyana. The Kala is basically like dirty water or black you know, soiled or sullied removal friend. 
uh, dirty, removing dirty friend. <laughs> my friend who helps me remove dirt. My detox friend. <laughs> my defilement removing helper friend is Kalyanamitra. He goes on, many people take Kalyanamitra, the term, to be a good friend in the conventional sense, right? Because that's, everybody in the audience wants to feel, I've got Kalyanamitra too. My sister and my uncle and my greengrocer down the block, they're all my good friends. That's not what's meant by the term. He writes, but it is more than being, than just good. One needs to know the message of the Buddha in order to convey it to others. So it isn't, you know, you see... And um, th this is how teachings are lost by a distorted mind humanity and um, unfortunately distorted mind teachers. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry for what distortions I taught in past lives. <clears throat> so we, we all fall into it, but we should be careful. Uh, it's great to have a good friend, but the term Kalyanamitra in Buddhism doesn't mean good friend. <laughs> it means... Uh, a friend who helps us remove our our ignorance and our bad patterns. It means a friend here who knows actually Buddha teaching. So it's not good friend. It's good to have a good friend. And it's helpful to have a spiritual friend. Um, but that's not what's meant here. <laughs> what's meant here is uh, it's very, it's critical <laughs> to awakening to be, uh, to have association and friendly relations, even, um, with people who are awakened from a Buddhist perspective, meaning who understand um, the three marks and understand, uh, to some degree, you know, um, the nature of reality beyond our fashioning. That's what the three marks are all about, is um, especially anatta. You know, in anicca, anitta. Um, impermanence, in, in, transitoriness, changeableness, that's easy. Heraclitus got that at the same time as Gautama. Um, anybody can see that. Even though we naturally uh, take uh, life and our experiences to be much more uh, permanent or abiding than they are, um, the critical importance of anatta is that uh, is when we get into emptiness. <clears throat> and um, realizing that our mental interpretations, our conceptions, are really hollow. Now, that um, is really a teaching that only somebody who doesn't have worldly requirements or responsibilities can really know, actually. It's very hard to fulfill worldly obligations, um, making certain initial breakthroughs into anatta meaning one becomes temporarily non-functional. <laughs> as, as in my experience of uh, understanding anatta, to whatever extent I understand it, um, it cuts all sorts of things apart. Um, and um, <clears throat> one realizes one has, there is no basis for anything. And there is no thing that has a... There is no thing even without basis. And so and the, the truth of anatta cuts very, very far beyond what he think, what he interprets it as um, in in other traditions Mahayana Vajrayana the, teeth, the truth of sunyata sunya <coughs> is very serious and um, it's really the heart I think of anatta anatta and sunya are really I think uh, comparable if not the same essentially the same uh, 
and that's a very big deal. And other traditions, other religions don't talk about it. And so, again, we're just seeing that uh, what people think Buddhism says is not necessarily what original teachings say. Like Kalyanamitra is a whole lot more than a good friend. It really means a well-trained um, Buddhist practitioner, <laughs> and particularly somebody who's achieved Sotapanna himself, him or herself. Number last point, and of course one has to listen to the, this correct message or read about it and then grasp it, <laughs> right? So it's not just about read it or hear it, even you're hearing it from a Sotapanna or somebody who has greater achievement. It's a matter of grasping it, and grasping is not the same as attachment. <laughs> grasping really means um, uh, transforming mind in accord with it. Uh, internalizing, integrating uh, its reality in our mind, in our view, in our living. This is a big deal about getting it. Getting it is not the same thing as just hearing it or reading it. So, we see that there's a deeper meaning to Kalyanamitra. Now, it goes on in terms of, again, these requirements for Satipana why, what that really means in terms of the whole or 50% of the spiritual path, what the point about that is, he explains in number 8, very, very interesting. He writes, one time Venerable Ananda, who was the personal assistant to the Buddha for many years at the end, his attendant, approached the Buddha and said, Bhante, Venerable Sir, I've been thinking that the future of the Buddha Sasana, meaning doctrine or the Buddhist dispensation, must be dependent at least 50% on the kal Kalanamitas, meaning on um, the Buddhist um, um, purifying friends, <laughs> uh, Buddhist friends who help our purification. Uh, so it wasn't, you know, you see, the way somebody told me is Ananda's asking the whole of the spiritual life, half the spiritual life, the whole spiritual life, whatever that means, the whole spiritual life. It's not dull spiritual life. It's the future of the Buddhist dispensation. I mean, I trust this guy's translation much more than uh, others. And so, <laughs> what 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 comes as uh, what came to me when somebody said, "Oh, you know, spiritual association or having spiritual friends is half the spiritual life," really was. Uh, I thought that half of what um half of uh, the future the future of the spiritual dispensation or the the dispensation the the life the the longevity of true buddhist teaching depends 50% on having these buddhist awakened good friends people around and he goes on the buddha replied ananda do not say that the buddha sasana will be dependent 100% on the Kalanamitas or Kalyanamitras. And that's not saying that how we go with living the spiritual life totally depends on having spiritual friends. No. It's the, the, the longevity and the future of the true Buddhist teaching dispensation or presence in the world is 100% dependent on 
these true Buddhist um, uh, Sangha. <laughs> it really depends on the Sangha. That the Sangha or the community, Buddha Dhamma Sangha, Three Jewels, uh, the third, which seems always seem to me to be least important, um, is critical for the first two, or critical for certainly the second, Buddha Dhamma Sangha, the Dhamma, meaning the perpetuation of true Buddhist teaching, yeah, depends on the Sangha. And the Sangha is the community of Kalanamita or Kalyanamitra. And so he explains that if that lineage is broken, then that's the end of the Buddha meaning the Buddhist dispensation or the the presence of true Buddhist teaching in the world. The words may still be there, but there'll be no one to explain the true meanings of the key words, including Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta, meaning the three marks. Yeah, so if you don't have a, a Sangha, a community of people who have some awakening, at least Sotapanna, then a true understanding of the words is lost, and that's what we see today. What we see today, what I see today, what I, Mr. Scott, sees today, is a lot of Buddhist teachers who don't have Sotapanna. How can I say that? Well, I say it. <laughs> you can think whatever you like. I say it. And you can think whatever you like. But I think that the majority of Buddhist teachers don't have Sotapanna. They don't even know what it is, a whole lot of them. They don't even know how critical it is. And that's that's bitter. And, um, okay, <laughs> that's what's going on. And that um, is a problem. He goes on, however, the Buddha has stated that his Buddha Sasana, meaning the the dispensation or the presence of the true Buddhist teachings in the world will be there or here for 5,000 years. So we're only halfway through. So we're only halfway through. <laughs> Within that time, there would be periods of famine where Aryas will be few in numbers, but there will also be times when Buddha Sasana will shine with numerous numerous Aryas in the world. Aryas, again, noble person, really mean as somebody who's achieved Satipana or beyond. The key here is once in a while, a jati sotapanna, meaning birth sotapanna, meaning a born sotapani, meaning he's born that way. He's born who's fulfilled his paramitas, meaning the uh, spiritual disciplines, basically <laughs> sufficient work on the seven chakras to bring back the message of the Buddha, like Venerable Mahinda did about 600 years after the Buddha. They are not only not, not only jati sotapanas, but have the Patisambida nana yana, patisambida patisambida nana yana, meaning uh, the right mind to figure out the true meanings of key Pali words such as anicca dukkha anatta and paticca sambapada, which is dependent origination, codependent arising. It's the interpenetration of um, phenomena uh, in causal sequence. Uh, but particularly as it relates to mind and mind uh, and uh, subject-object relations. <laughs> subject-object meaning me and the environment. Uh, depending on the way my mind is, uh, I'm establishing um, a chain, a causal chain. And so you look at Patricia Samatana, the 12 links, dependent origination. Um, what's the basis of birth? What's the basis of um, grasping, you know, of death? Well, the basis is conditions of mind, such as <laughs> tana or thirst leading to ubadana, craving, leading to attachment, um, by which we remain reincarnating. 
dying and born, birth and death. And so that um, is a core Buddhist teaching and also very much associated with understanding the, the cause of dukkha, birth and death. <laughs> Reincarnation or um, appearance in the octave is the cause of dukkha. <laughs> and if you don't want dukkha, you don't appear in the octave. But there are other <laughs> other actions going on. So if you don't have, you know, you the idea is that they're going to be people who are born sotapanna or get just a little bit trigger needed, have just a trigger, a small triggering needed for they awaken to this, to Satipana. And that this will continue, you know, till the 5,000 years is up. Um, of course, Earth will be in fourth density by that time, but it's an interesting, it's very interesting. It, we may find that true Buddhist teaching is available in third density in the future, but not for that long the future of Earth. And there's a very bitter possibility here, which is that Earth's next 3D cycle will be um, degenerate. <laughs> Not the fourth density cycle, but the f next third density cycle uh, will only have its first few thousand years um, with the mindset um, that uh, understands um, the Buddhist teaching or this total path or complete path to freedom. Now, if you think about Earth's 3D cycle, this is, uh, I won't get lost in this, but, you know, at the beginning was a few thousand years <clears throat> uh, before Lemuria, right? So 75,000 years. If Lemuria rose 65,000 years, uh, 60,000 years ago or so, there were 10, 15,000 years before. In a few thousand years, at some early part of that, there, there might be Buddha Dhamma in the future. <laughs> Interesting speculation. But <clears throat> um, the key is that even now, some people are born into the world who have the karmic basis for uh, awakening to Sotapanna soon. And he says, I believe this is such a time, it's still too early to discuss the details, too early, right? <laughs> We're all going to die someday when it's too early. But there are many Aryas in Sri Lanka and even other countries, thanks in large part to Waharaka Tero. Uh, so he's talking about um, all the people who've achieved Satipana under his teacher. Um, okay, I don't know anything about that. Uh, and he says, and there are many climbers, meaning um, people who've achieved uh, Satipana, all over the world, or some, or seekers at least, who've already started climbing up with the help of established climber. I'm encouraged by emails from many who are reading the site on the joy they feel in comprehending the pure Dhamma. So, alright. Um, it is an interesting point that there are people who are Sotapanna that don't know it. There are people who are Sotapanna um, that probably don't, ha don't have any association with formal Buddhism in, in their lives. But the idea would be that they did in past lives. Of course, it's all speculative and uh, unprovable. So, um, but in terms of a spiritual friend, while a good friend who is kind and honest is helpful, and a spiritual friend who has some sense of path and self-transformation is helpful, um, what Gautama really is talking about is the importance of 
people who know and have have made achievements with original true Buddhism teaching uh, remaining in the world and certainly critical for the perpetuation of the perpetuation of Buddhism in the world and um, for people to find uh, those who've who've um, benefited themselves in a major metaphysical way from these teachings it's a very big deal actually now point number nine and this is um, a pivot because there's another set of teachings that I might go into but we can't today uh, associated with the word amanasikara (laughs) and he this is a this goes deep and deep, but I'll just go to point number nine. He writes, the third condition, meaning requirement for Satipana, is to, quote, act with yoniso manasikara. Yoni means origin. It also means birth canal. Or yoni means the female um, organ system. Yoni and lingam in Hinduism, in Sanskrit. Yoniso manasikara, and yoni can be also translated as origin, and so means oneself. Again, every one of these words has many translations. So when when he says it means this, it really should be can be translated as. <laughs> okay, but you see, if you if you try to be that specific, it takes a lot of words and um, it needs a lot of unpacking, and it's hard to write that way. Fewer people, even fewer people, can read very precise language. So yoni can be translated as origin. So can be translated as oneself. Manasikara here means or can be understood here as with this in mind. So acting uh, with oneself origin in mind. What does that mean? Um, acting in accord with your own understanding of the three marks or of uh, core Buddhist teaching. And he explains in the Vibhanga Pakarana. Ah, ah, meaning not. Ah, yo niso manasikara is described as perceiving an perceiving anicca as nicca, dukkha as sukha, and anatta as atta. <laughs> and so, acting with yo niso manasikara, not against it, requires comprehending the three marks. And so, acting in accord with the three marks is um, acting in accord with um, one's uh, one's understanding of original teachings in mind or one's um, understanding one's own understanding um, of core teaching in mind and the core teaching of Buddhism very much is the three marks and, and that is really the basis of the first noble truth Dukkha Satcha, the truth of stress or suffering the basis of dukkha is ultimately going to be anicca, anatta, and grasping, you know, paticca samapada, and, um, you know, all our desire, aversion, ignorance, the three poisons. That That is really um, singular to Buddhism, you know? I mean, if every other religion was talking this way, they wouldn't be killing each other, you know, and they wouldn't be stealing money, and they wouldn't be harming. But you see, a lot of Buddhists uh, have done a lot of this shit, too, so... <laughs> Just because a person has a robe doesn't mean they're following the precepts, doesn't mean they really understand it. And now today, 
there's all sorts of um, plasticity in the interpretation of moral teaching. Like, um, in, in, you know, some people will say, um, the uh, Panchashila, right, five Shila, the one, the, the Shila commandment rule recommendations regarding sexuality was interpreted uh, or is still interpreted by many Buddhists as um, not out, no sex outside marriage. And other Buddhists will even say no sex before marriage. Wow, how about that? Is that the original teaching? You have to go to the original scripture, not just your teacher, because your teacher may have, um, may have simply be repeating what his teacher said, and it came somewhere from somebody who departed the original scripture, the original words the original language words scripture translation multiple translation <laughs> so it's really quite a story here you you can have some you, you can have some teachers who have even had uh, Sotapanna and beyond that have very funky ideas about things I mean Xuan Hua Master Hua from um, Chinese tradition I mean guy who's certainly at least um, non-returner third stage or Arahant fourth stage um, really serious guy, trained lots of people, dedicated ascetic, seriously achieved. Um, had some teachings, you know, like uh, if you commit adultery, you're going to go to some kind of Buddhist hell and be, uh, you know, have have boiling lead poured through your body for kalpas by committing adultery. I don't. I really don't think that's true, <laughs> unless the person uh, did it in a certain way. And has certain mental conditions. Um, we're not saying good or bad. We're just talking about little points. And so, uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a jungle out there, and um, there are people who, with great attainment and certain wrong views, it seems to me, and there are people with certain right view and um, great wisdom who have no. Who, have, who don't have attainment. Um, and there are Buddhist teachers who don't even know what Sotapanna means, but they're helping thousands or hundreds of people. Okay, that's great. So, <laughs> complex. But this requirement for Sotapanna, Yoniso Manasikara, really means um, acting with original teaching in mind, which is particularly the three marks. To state very briefly, he goes on, if one believes that there are things in the world that can provide happiness in the long run, then one is acting with ah, yoniso, manasikara. Meanwhile, and this is about dukkha, sukha, to act with yoniso, manasikara is to see the unfruitfulness of these struggles to attain something that's not attainable, and thus to work diligently towards at least upon a stage because this life is so short. Uh in my filter, through my filter, I would say here that to the extent that one rejects the, the, the three marks teaching, or doesn't live in accord with it, or imagines, in this case, that I can secure happiness, a, a permanent happiness, then one is going to have, uh, one will <laughs> have a hard time getting to Sotapanna, or getting a real breakthrough in achievement and realization of reality. So to the extent that we're holding wrong views um, tightly, we're going to have a problem. 
to the extent that we um, are willing to consider the truth of the three marks, or we consider them, and consider that we we don't know them very well, <laughs> that there, there, there's much more to this teaching than I know, and I know very little, <clears throat> but I have a feeling that these teachings are right. And <clears throat> even though I continue to seek happiness or my desires, um, I also do know that they're impermanent and there is a bitter taste of loss always, meaning they, they come and they go. Uh, it really is <clears throat> to the extent that one lives in opposition <laughs> to the, th the teaching of the Three Marks, imagining that I is uh, permanent and I is a big me <laughs> and you better listen to my big me because I'm important I is important to the, to the extent that somebody's really attached to that um, no I don't think they're going to go either into samadhi or achieve sadhavana uh, and so uh, <laughs> it's, it's again another um, reminder of the importance of the three marks teaching which is really um, one of the pivotal singular features of Buddhism that doesn't seem to appear in any other tradition any other religion this is not even a religion so uh, going on and I'll close soon here but a more direct meaning a more direct way or thing can be seen when one can see the origins of various births or jati rebirths. So yeah, of course, if you can see past lives, you know about impermanence and you know about the three marks pretty well. Yoni in Pali and Sinhala also means birth canal, right? That's a typical usage. Uh, yoni lingam, sometimes as uh, vagina and penis. Very crude. I, even the words sound crude. How about the female and the male uh, sexual organs? Yoni female, lingam male, yoni as birth canal, yoni so manasikara means understanding the origins. Uh, well, no, you don't have to understand your past lives to achieve satipana. But, he says, one with yoni so manasikara knows his causes that lead to births in various realms, baba, jati, according to gati. So he's just showing off how much he knows here. But it's not really the case that you need to know about your past lives. Uh, but yoni, commonly understood as female sexual organ, um, really, at a deeper level, um, means something more than that. And so the physical um, physiognomy, the physical portion of a woman's body, yoni, is a symbol for something much deeper. <laughs> a symbol for um uh the reality that what is has been born and what is has an origin associated with its birth and there is a process of of um arising from a source being born and coming from an origin into manifestation that leads to all phenomena and to the extent that one has some awareness of that, certainly one is <laughs> more likely to achieve satipana or come to a deep breakthrough understanding the three marks in reality.
and uh, so-called selfhood. With that understanding, one will be motivated to cultivate gati, um, meaning, I think, causes or, or conditions, to be able to make good decisions um, either automatically or at least by contemplating on it. In other words, one will be able to make better judgments about morality and to act with panya, wisdom. Um, certainly, uh, very few people have any idea about their past lives. But the people who have some sense, a true sense of past lives, definitely have a spiritual perspective. And understanding the three marks is associated with a spiritual perspective, whether people know it or not, actually. Meaning, a person has a spiritual perspective, right? I'm not the body. <clears throat> um, my being is more akin to a soul that comes and goes and reincarnates. There are multiple dimensions. There's a long path ahead. There's God, our purpose. There's intelligent design and a way. Um, there's a path of evolution. That kind of spiritual perspective, uh, seeing more than the material and seeing the self as more than a personality, um, has some kind of basic uh, familiarity or a basic resonance with an understanding of the three marks, actually. Because the three marks very much is um, is a, is a anti-materialism teaching. <laughs> or a teaching that... Uh, it's a statement of reality. The phenomenal... Phenomen it's a statement of um, the, con the, the condition of phenomena and the condition of the observer of phenomena, subject-object. And so the self and the world are explained by the three marks. And um, that explanation um, actually transcends um, material view or is intrinsically or inherently spiritual. Because the idea is that, you know, anatta, <laughs> Um, no self or insubstantiality which he translates differently uh, really means you're not what you think you are <laughs> this body mind is not the you that you might imagine yourself to be and so no talk of ego the ego thought is gone but what you are as not mind body or as insubstantial or not separative and abiding is intrinsically spiritual, not material, or only understood with a integrative perspective, integral, meaning uh, physical, metaphysical, spirit, met material, spiritual perspective that understands um, the, there, there's more than only the material, more than only the physical. And so there is a spirituality or a spiritual perspective inherent to the teaching of the Three Marks going on, finally I'll conclude this point nine and end for today. Even more importantly, one will be able to automatically avoid those deeds that can lead to rebirth in the Apayas, which is lower realms. So we know about that. I mean, and that's the point of morality, which I've said many times. You know, morality is a very boring, uh, uncool word. It's a very square word, man, to say morality and morals. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, um, the only hope the materialist has is moral living. If the materialist who believes there's no one on the other side, there's no other side, there's only this side, there's no sides, there's just the physical world, that's it. If that person lives immorally, which really means harming self and other and 
common ways, no, not much different than the Ten Commandments breaking. If that person lives uh, so-called immorally, they will go to hell. <laughs> They'll be a hungry ghost. That's all. As far as I can see, that's generally the case. Except for spirit, deeply spiritual people who, for one life or another, have a over overlay of material view. But committed materialists of 3D recycling materialists, 3D natives materialists, um, if they fall into immorality, they're going to go into the apayas, no doubt, as far as I can tell. And the only thing that can save them is actually some, you know, uh, ethical humanism. <laughs> ethical humanism. They aren't spiritualists, they're humanists, okay, maybe. But if they're ethical, they could be okay, meaning after death, they won't have so much trouble. You're going to die, you know. And so you might want to consider what's going to happen after. Um, it's really important, <laughs> really. And so, as far as I can tell, with my limited understanding, um, the only hope materialists have com committed, convicted, certain, un unquestioning materialists have is morality, which they don't seem to care much about. Um, otherwise, they're going to fall into, they're going to go to hell or be a hungry ghost. I mean, you know, it happens. So, Morality is a big deal, and um, that's another critical portion of Buddhism, because there are lots of religions talking about God and doing God's will, and in accord with God's teaching and following the law, and honoring your elders, and da-da-da-da. Meanwhile, they're lying and cheating and stealing and killing, <laughs> and uh, acting all sorts of selfish, unethical ways. Well, it's going to get back to you, you know. Finally, thus, Yonosi, Yoniso Manasakara has a more deeper, a more deeper meaning, than just, quote, appropriate attention. In particular, Sotapanna comprehends pati itcha leads to sama upadda, that's paticha samapada. And that's, you know, he's a real scholar here, so he's breaking down the two words of paticha samapada, dependent origination, codependent arising, as to the nature of the dependency that leads to the arising, or the co-origination that leads to the appearance meaning how things appear, cause and effect. The causes that lead to effects or phenomena based in a causal chain, um, inner and outer, uh, that too can be analyzed very carefully. So that's, that's very interesting. But um, this last point, Yoniso Manasikara, particularly Manasikara, has a deeper, a more deeper meaning, yes indeed, than appropriate attention. And um, I might pull in my dear friend Maitripada uh, from uh, about the uh, 11th century, who was um, Advaya Vajra, or Maitrigupta Advaya Vajra, um, who taught on Amanasikara. <laughs> Amanasikara means not Manasikara, a Manasikara. And that was a, a core um, foundational teaching of Mahamudra and Dzogchen in the Tibetan Vajrayana tradition. So it came 1,500 years after Gautama. But this guy was very special. And um, some of his teachings are very subtle and uh, very um, interesting. So we might look at some of that. 
I found a, an amazing translation of his core treatises. So, anyway, you see how far this goes. Um, next time, <laughs> I guess, we'll start at point number 10, and uh, it'll go slow. Uh, I guess we'll finish this page next time, and probably I will uh, jump into Maitripada or Maitripa and um, understand, uh, just give you an interesting view. This is uh, uh, for the first time on television uh, a teaching on Amanasikara. Amanasikara is a very cool teaching um, for people with very sharp mind <laughs> uh, or think they do. So, um, anyway, I hope this has been helpful. You see how deep Buddhism is and how special. Special in the way of um, precious. Buddhism is precious, I think. Um, it's difficult, very difficult. But the more you get in, the easier, you know, you get used to it. You can handle it. Right? It's like the first time you walk in salt water or the ocean. It's like, this is weird. What's all this stuff? It's salty, it's funky, kind of. Um, but it's rich. And um, the nourishment, all the nourishment you need is here in these teachings, I think. So, that'll be it for today. Next time we pick up at point number 10 and finish the page. And then take one week or so on uh, Maitri, Maitripa, Maitripada, Advayavajra, and his teachings 1,500 years later on Amanasikara, which is totally distinct from Theravada. <laughs> it's really... Um, subtle, it's kind of um, classical Vajrayana, Dzogchen Mahamudra very, it's about it's, it's about the other end of Buddhism from Theravada the other It's uh, if, if uh, Theravada is root chakra um, guys like Advayavajra Matripa are like crown chakra and um, easily misunderstood and easily misused um but not out of harmony with the root chakra. So, thank you very much. I hope you're well. Take good care of yourself. See you next time, and good night.